This is Brenda inside the Kid Code Playground, where, in the time it takes to have a coffee break, we shift stressed out families from painful parenting and kid chaos to positive parenting and calm kids using the techniques in the book, The Kid Code 30 Second Parenting Strategies. The unexpected result? You get your belly laugh back and ensure your kids keep theirs. In this podcast, pointed straight at your heart, we understand that parents struggle with two big problems, time and strategies that work on the spot. Every time you tune in, you'll find something to help you get right now relief in an upset with your kids, because every parent deserves a peaceful parenting experience, and every child deserves a peaceful parent. Are you ready? Hello, peaceful, positive parents. This is a continuation on the series on kindness. What does kindness do to you when you give it? And what does it do to the one you give it to? I hope you enjoy this short excerpt from my next book, which helps explain this. You think you've got problems until you get cancer. From Misery to Magnificence, A Journey of Love. Here's the excerpt. I was shown so much love and kindness by so many people, and it always humbled me, and at the same time lifted me way, way up. Why did I feel so good when people reached out to me with love and kindness? I had a feeling it had to do in part with the four feel-good hormones our brains produce, and I needed to know more about why I was often on a blissful high while my body was living in cancer hell. Love flooding and kindness from other people was constant in my world for months after the diagnosis family, friends, business acquaintances, it never stopped pouring in, and it gave me the most beautiful feeling inside of myself. I had a pleasant surprise when I found what caused those blissful highs in me. A Mayo Clinic article made me understand kindness in a whole new way. The giver and the receiver both benefit. It's titled Good for the Body. It says... Kindness has been shown to increase self-esteem, empathy, and compassion, and improve mood. I bet we'd all love that for ourselves and our kids. But back to the article. It can decrease blood pressure and cortisol, a stress hormone, which directly impacts stress levels. People who give of themselves in a balanced way also tend to be healthier and live longer. Kindness can increase your sense of connectivity with others, which can directly impact loneliness, improve low mood, and enhance relationships in general. It can also be contagious. Imagine if the world had a kindness virus. Looking for ways to show kindness can give you a focus activity, especially if you tend to be anxious or stressed in some social situations. The article goes on to say that it's good for the mind. Physiologically, kindness can positively change your brain. Being kind boosts serotonin and dopamine, which are neurotransmitters in the brain that give you feelings of satisfaction and well-being and cause the pleasure-reward centers in your brain to light up. Endorphins, which are your body's natural painkiller, also can be released. The Cleveland Clinic, a globally recognized authority on health, says oxytocin is sometimes called the love hormone because it's associated with trust and relationship building, to name a 
a couple of the associations, they also state that the oxytocin is sometimes called the cuddle chemical because levels increase when you're hugging someone. And you, you, hugging is, it could be considered kind. It's what we feel when we pet our dog, too. And while we don't need a scientific explanation for what makes us feel good, we just feel good, it's really interesting to bring an understanding to our experience. And Harvard Health's data says that the endorphins are the body's natural painkillers and at the same time create a general sense of well-being. So that little bit of research answered my question. The natural highs I felt came from the chemicals that were released on a constant basis due to the kindness and love I was receiving from others. It was really fascinating to me that sometimes when I should have felt pain, I didn't. The endorphins seemed to override the pain. For example, when the nurse removed 12 inches of metal stitches, I could feel her tugging and she kept asking me if I felt pain. And I didn't. I felt gratitude even as I went in there that day um, for her many displays of kindness towards me as we got to know each other over several months. And in that moment when she was asking me if I felt pain, her question wasn't clinical. It was coming from compassion. Another similar experience came during the initial MRI I had. The technician told me I couldn't have it because it would hurt due to the biopsy I'd had the day before. But I asked her if we could do it anyway, if it'd be okay with her if we tried, because I would really would like to know, get the diagnosis and, and then I could take action as quickly as possible. And I was pretty sure that I could handle 17 minutes of pain and discomfort anyway. And just not wanting to wasn't a good enough reason to delay the test. So she said, there's going to be direct pressure on the biopsy and it would be too painful. She repeated it to me and I told her I did understand and wanted to go ahead anyway. She was so kind because she knew the kind of pain that was going to be involved. And in the next few minutes, some of the things she said to me and how she touched me must have initiated these endorphins. She was compassionate and tender and gentle. And I credit her for initiating the flow of those feel-good hormones in me that not only acted as a painkiller that day, but also put me in a mild state of bliss. I also credit my family, my husband, Blake, my kids, Amanda, Carrie, and Cody, and their lovable and loving partners, Levi and Emma, my grandkids, Lucy, Jess, Ivy, Ruby, Stevie, and Jessa, my friends, Lesha and Louise, and the small team Louise created to send me love, the kid code teachers, my extended Mandeville and Miller families, Paula and Jeff and the congregation they had praying for me, Lori and the congregation she had praying for me, former clients, business associates, oh my goodness, the list is long, sometimes even strangers who I met on the beach, and and many others, the truly caring health care professionals, and so many more for the love and kindness that initiated this blissness that I could feel inside of myself when it seemed to be at odds with what was happening in my life and in my body. All of them were really and are a a lifeline for me. And they wanted nothing in return for all that kindness and love flooding they did. It was so selfless and constant that when I think of it now, I'm flooded with love all over again. You know, they say laughter is the best medicine, but I have to wonder if love and kindness are also in that category. Create those love flooding feelings by being kind to yourself and your kids 
and others and just see what changes for you. You'll never ever be upset by being kind to yourself or your kids or others, but you'll be upset if you're unkind to them and if you're unkind to yourself. And when you demonstrate kindness like this, your kids will imitate you and begin to live in a more kind state. And then they're going to reap all these benefits. Thank you for listening and making your parenting life and your child's life more positive and peaceful. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to take a Kid Code course, yep, you can do it in the time it takes to have a coffee break. If you'd like to become a Kid Code teacher, or if you want to reach me directly to talk about anything Kid Code, I'm here, thekidcode.ca instant evolution into positive, peaceful parenting, one upset at a time.